0: It is not that I did choose thee, Lord, for, Lord, that could not be. Mm -hmm. Todd's Road Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nyberg. Mm -hmm. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Mm -hmm. Sunday services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 Mm p.m. Bible study is at 945 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nybert. In John chapter six, verse 45, the Lord Jesus Christ says this, it is written in the prophets. And they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and learned of the Father cometh to me. I've entitled this message, Taught of God. And I love the Lord's words. It is written. The Lord appealed to the Old Testament scriptures as absolute truth. It is Written Now, the New Testament canon had not yet been completed, and all they had was the Old Testament scriptures. But did you know the gospel is the same in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament? There are not two gospels. There are not two ways. The way of the gospel has always been the teaching of scripture. And the Lord appeals to the Old Testament scriptures, a passage from Isaiah Chapter 54, we'll look at it in a few moments. But he says, it is written. They shall all be taught of God. My response to that is, Lord, teach me. Don't leave me to myself. Don't leave me to my own understanding. Be my teacher, enable me to hear from and to learn of you. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Who is meant by all? Is that talking about every man without exception? They shall all be taught of God? Obviously not. The same all that the Lord spoke of in the preceding verses when he said in verse 37 of this same chapter, all that the father giveth me shall come to me. The all refers to the elect. And here is what always happens when a man is taught of God. It is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and learned of the father cometh to me. Now insofar as our experience goes, our salvation is coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not responding to an altar call. It's not rededicating my life. It's not straightening up things in my life. It's coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter said to whom coming? That's what a believer is always doing. He is always coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now in verse 41 of this chapter, and here's what led up to the Lord saying this. After the Lord gave this uh, message, the Jews then murmured at him. They grumbled in uh, disapproval. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. They didn't like that. And here's why. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? We know his mom and dad. We know his brothers and sisters. We know his birthplace. We know his birthday. What's he saying? I came down from heaven. That's speaking of preexistence before his coming. What's he saying? I came down from heaven. They grumbled at this. Now, if I said to you, I came down from heaven before my birth, you'd probably grumble too. I can understand they're uh, having a hard time with this, but I also know this, these same people were the people who the day before had eaten food that he created that very day. 5,000 men plus women and children, probably 20,000 people, maybe more were completely filled with a meal that came from two sardines and five biscuits. He did at that time what only God could do. He brought matter into existence, which was was not in the universe before. He created food and fed 20,000 people, and they were all filled with this food. And there were 12 baskets left over. So they ought to be listening to what he's saying. He does what only God could do. But when he made this claim, I came down from heaven, I am the bread that came down from heaven, they murmured. They said, Is this Jesus, the son of Joseph and Mary? We know his mom and dad. What's he speaking like this for? And look at the way the Lord replied to them. Jesus therefore answered. They're murmuring. They're complaining their unbelief, and said unto them, murmur not among yourselves, no man, and I'm talking about you, you are murmuring, no man, no man at all, can come to me, except except the Father which has sent me, draw him. You're murmuring at me. You are unable to come to me, except the Father which has sent me draw you. You're not being drawn because you're murmuring. If you were drawn, you'd come to me. And you'd be raised up on the last day. Talking about the day of resurrection. You'd be raised up incorruptible. You'd be raised up justified. That last day where speaks of the day when eternity will begin and everybody will be in conscious eternal existence, either in heaven or in hell. If you come to Christ, you'll be raised up to conscious eternal existence in heaven in perfect likeness to Christ. And he says, you're murmuring. You cannot come to me except the Father which has sent me draw you. As a matter of fact, he repeated that again in verse 65. Therefore said I unto you that no man can come to me except it were given to him of my Father. You can't come to me except God gives you the grace to do it. If he leaves you and I to ourselves, we will never come to Christ. Now, there is salvation for all who come. This isn't excluding anyone who comes. Nobody can say, well, I wanted to come and I tried to come, but I wasn't allowed. No, the Lord said, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you come, I don't care who you are. If you come to Christ, you will be received. He said, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you come, you will be received. And the Lord says, no man can come to me. "'Except the Father which has sent me, draw him.'" No man has the ability to come to me except the Father which has sent me, draw him. And that word draw means drag, drag. Now that doesn't mean when you're brought into heaven, you're brought in uh, unwillingly, trying to resist, and the Lord's got you by the hair and dragging you in. No, you're made to feel Christ to be irresistible and you're drawn to him. That's what it is to be drawn. Now, where are you getting this drag from? Well, what about when James said, do not the rich men draw you before their judgment seats? That doesn't mean they're just inviting you in. They're forcibly bringing you before their judgment seats. Now, for you to come to Christ, you're going to have to be forcibly caused to by the irresistible and invincible grace of God. Now, somebody says, why is that? That's an easy answer. Sin. Sin. You and I are so sinful. Now let me back this up with the scripture. We're so sinful we are unable to come to Christ because of our sinfulness. Not because God's preventing us from coming, but because of our own personal sinfulness. Hear God's testimony in Genesis chapter 6 verse 5. And God saw the wickedness of man. And put your name in there. I'm going to put my name in there. And God saw the wickedness of Todd was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. When God looks within my heart and within your heart, he sees that every imagination of the thoughts of our heart is only evil evil continually. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Jeremiah says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Desperately. And that word desperately means incurably wicked. Now the heart, the understanding. It's not talking about uh, the muscle that pumps the blood. That's talking about the whole man, the understanding, the will, the affections. Desperately evil. No love for God. No will for Christ. No understanding of the gospel. That's what's in the heart of the natural man. And that's why he cannot come. Now, intellectually, we can um, understand a lot of things. I mean, there are some people who can understand, uh, maybe have the brilliance of Einstein. Understand the theory of relativity and understand E equals MC squared and know all the laws of physics and brilliant, uh, capable of uh, the building technology that just blows my mind. Greatly intelligent people, but no matter how smart you are, here's what the scripture says. The natural man, that's what you and I are by nature, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither indeed Can he know them because they're spiritually discerned? No man can come to Christ because of his sinfulness, and my dear friends, that's our crime. That's our crime. That's our wickedness. We're so bad that we cannot come to Christ unless God irresistibly, invincibly draws us. Now, thank God. There is a vast number of men that he does draw, known in the scripture as the elect. The Lord said regarding these people, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. You see, he said in John six thirty seven, all that the father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me, I will in no wise, for no reason, cast out. Now, he's going to draw some people to Christ. Now, you can argue with this and say, well, how come he doesn't draw everybody? You can say, Lord, draw me. That's what the little Shulamite woman said. Draw me and we'll run after thee. Oh, Lord, draw me. I know that if you don't draw me, I won't come. So would you be pleased in your mercy to draw me? Now the Lord says in verse 45, he says in verse 44, no man can come to me except the father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at that last day. It's written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. Now the Lord is saying what I'm saying is only what was already written in the prophets. They shall all be taught of God. Now, I want to turn to Isaiah chapter 54 for a moment and look at where this is written. We read in verse 13, And all of thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Every believer is a believer because he's taught of the Lord. Now, If the Lord doesn't teach me, I will not be taught. But if the Lord teaches me, I am taught, taught of God. I've heard from and learned of the father when God teaches. I've heard people say, God's trying to teach me something. God doesn't try to do anything. If he teaches, you're taught. And look what he says in verse 13. And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. Watch this. If God teaches you, you're going to have great peace. Now, does that mean you never have turmoil? Does that mean you never worry? Well, you shouldn't. But you will because you have an old nature. But if God teaches you, you will have great peace. Now, what's this great peace all about? If my salvation is dependent in any way, if it's contingent on anything, if it's predicated on anything that I have to first do, Before I can be saved, I have no peace. If my salvation is dependent upon my faith, or my repentance, or my holy living, or my ability to stop committing some particular sin, I have no peace. But here's the peace that every believer has. Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, my peace is that everything that God requires of me, he looks to his son, Jesus Christ for And because of what Christ did, God is completely satisfied with me. He's not looking for anything else. He was delivered for our offenses, raised again for our justification, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. God's at peace with me and I am at peace with him. I am satisfied to be saved by Christ. Great shall be the peace of thy children. Look in verse 14. He says, in righteousness shalt thou be established. Now, the reason I have this great peace is I have righteousness. I'm established in righteousness. And let me say this, it's not my own righteousness. It's the righteousness of Jesus Christ. That is my personal righteousness before God the very righteousness of Jesus Christ. This is why I can have boldness in the day of judgment. I'm not worried. Why? Because I have the righteousness of Jesus Christ. My sin truly became his sin. He put it away. His righteousness he gives to me. And I stand before God and hear these words, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It's God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? It's Christ that died, yea, rather that's risen again. What great peace having made peace through the blood of his cross now when God teaches you you have great peace and that great peace comes from righteousness the perfect righteousness of Christ Uh, he takes it this far in the 17th verse this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness is of me saith the Lord, their personal righteousness is of me. In Jeremiah 23, verse 6, the Lord has given this name, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. And then in Jeremiah chapter 33, we read these words, this is the name wherewith she shall be called. The church, every believer, Jehovah Tzikinu, the Lord our righteousness. Now, that's where this peace comes from. His righteousness being my personal righteousness before God. Oh, if God teaches you, great will be your peace. And your peace will be because of his righteousness. Now, verse 45 It's written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father, cometh unto me. Now here is the evidence of being taught of God. I come to Jesus Christ. Here is the evidence of election. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. This is the motion of spiritual life. It's not a physical coming. The Lord said, you will not come to me that you might have life. You come to him, you have life. And this is the motion of spiritual life, coming to Christ. Now, when you come somewhere, you leave someplace to go somewhere else. I leave salvation by works. Let's be real simple. I completely leave salvation by works. I can't be saved by what I do. By grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I leave salvation by works and I come to the Lord Jesus Christ. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Now, here's the big question. What does it mean to come to Christ? You know, it's nothing physical. I walked out of my bedroom into my living room this morning. It was a physical thing. I left the bedroom, came into the living room. This is not physical. This is purely spiritual. What does it mean to come to Jesus Christ? Well, we read in Mark 1.40... Of a leper. And the scripture says, Behold, a leper came to him. Now we know this man came to Christ. And we can learn what it means to come to Christ by seeing how this man came to Christ. This is what coming to Christ looks like. In Matthew chapter 8, this same story of the leper, says, Behold, a leper came and worshipped him. As a matter of fact, Luke's account says a man full of leprosy. That's very significant. Did you know that in Leviticus chapter 13, when we have the laws of the cleansing of the leper, the only time you could be pronounced clean is when you were completely full of of leprosy. If you had any healthy flesh, you were not pronounced clean. But when you were completely covered with leprosy, from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, the priest pronounced you clean. You see it is only sinners, people who are nothing but sin, that's all they have, that God saves. This Leper came, full of leprosy. Behold, a leper came and worshipped him. Now, this has got to be settled before we go anywhere else. He is worthy to be worshipped for who he is without reference to what he does or does not do for me. If he seems me to hell, he's still worthy of worship. And that's got to be settled first. Behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord. He knew he was the Lord. The Lord of creation. The Lord of providence. The Lord that controls every event. The Lord of salvation. Salvation's in his hand. Do you know that Jesus Christ is Lord? He's everybody's Lord. You don't make him Lord. The Father made him Lord. He is the Lord, Lord, if you will, he submitted to the sovereignty of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine this leper coming into Christ's presence and saying, Lord, I will that you make me clean. You don't come into God's presence like that. You say, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. People argue about free will. There's no such thing. My will's controlled by my evil nature. And my only hope of being saved is that he wills to make me clean. Lord, if you will, you can. You have the ability to make me clean. I can't make myself clean, but you can. And that's what the Lord did on Calvary's tree. By one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Lord, if you will, you have the ability to make me clean. Here's what I need. I need to be made clean. I'm filthy. I can't make myself clean. The only one who can make me clean is you, if you will. It's all up to you. I don't have a sense of entitlement. I know you can send me to hell, but if you will, you can make me clean. You know what the Lord did? Scripture says he was moved with compassion. He's always moved by compassion to somebody that comes to him like that. And he said, I will be thou clean. And the scripture says immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, my dear friend, Don't worry about anything but this, coming to Christ the way this man did. You come full of sin. You acknowledge His Lordship. He's the Lord. He's the sovereign of the universe. And you say to Him, if you will, it's up to you. You can. You can pronounce me clean. If you will, you can make me clean. I'm filthy. I can't make myself clean. If you will, you can make me clean. You'll hear these words. I will be thou clean. We have this message on DVD, CD. You can get it on our website. This is Todd Nyberg praying that God will make himself known to you. Amen. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nyberg at gmail.com. Or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.